Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. I'm glad you guys have tuned in today. Today is Tuesday, February 22nd. And today we're going to take you back a little bit to the book of Nehemiah and touch again on the on the chronicles of COVID-19. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys. So I'm glad you joined me today. I was pointing out uh, to my staff here right before we started that today's got kind of a cool day. Have you guys noticed that? It's 2-22-22. That'll never come again. Today is the 22nd of February in the year of our Lord, 2022. And so I'm expecting the Lord to do some good things today. And I hope you guys are too. I'm going to touch today on the COVID Chronicles because it's Tuesday and I've been uh, doing that now for several weeks. But I wanted to take you back before I do that to the book of Nehemiah. So last week on Wednesday and Thursday, I was talking to you guys about the book of Nehemiah and it's such a great story in leadership for us. And I want to go back back there today because it's so important to to, uh, recognize the parallels between what was happening with Nehemiah as he began to restore the walls around Jerusalem and rebuild the walls. The nation was in ruins, right? They'd come back from a Babylonian captivity. How did they get there altogether? They disobeyed the Lord. They walked away from the Lord. And so uh, he is now in the process of helping them to rebuild. So let's look at Nehemiah chapter four, starting in verse one. When Sambalot, remember Sambalot, bring your kids around, you guys. We were talking about this last week. This is a great lesson for them. Sambalot's the bad guy, right? He is the antagonist in the story. He's the guy that sees that Nehemiah has been called by God to intervene on behalf of the children of Israel and help them rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. Sambalat and Tobias are the two antagonists in this story, and there, there'll be many more as we go along. And the Bible records that the reason they were so angry is because help was coming for the people of God. So let's start at chapter four, verse one. When Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, remember this is Nehemiah writing this, he became very angry and greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria. He said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from these heaps of rubble burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. Hear us, O God. Now watch what Nehemiah does. If you've ever been in a position where you have felt ridiculed, particularly if it was unfair, ridiculed unfairly or uh, recognize that what is coming at you is meant to keep you from doing the thing that God asked you to do, this is a wonderful lesson for us all. This is Nehemiah's response to this ridicule. Hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in the land of captivity. Captivity, do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insult in the face of the builders. I love that Nehemiah had a heart for the people. 
Nehemiah saw that the people were being ridiculed and mocked. And he said to the Lord, don't, don't forget that this is happening. These people are throwing insults in the face of the builders. And he was like, the builders are the ones who are doing the work. This is what you've called us to do. And these guys are over here threatening and making fun and poking fun at him. Verse six. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height for the people worked with all their heart. But when Sambalot, Tobiah, Tobiah, the Arabs and the Ammonites and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed. They were very angry. This is just a little aside, but God is a fan of walls. I mean, let me, let me explain. God is the, the one who establishes nations. And if you don't have a border, you don't have a nation. Uh, it's very clear throughout history. You know, we've we've said this before, you know, uh, here at the show, if we don't study your history, we're destined to repeat it. I've heard people say over and over again, you know, uh, you know, walls are a bad thing. No, they're not. If you've been around, if you've been to uh, any country that needed to fortify its country, a wall is a great way to do it. Well, Jerusalem had a wall around it, right? Now they've gone ahead and they're trying to rebuild it. And when their enemies see that the gaps are being closed, they become angry. Does that does that bring anything to mind to you guys? When the when the people who did not want what was best for the children of Israel saw that their walls were being repaired and that the gaps were being closed so that they were safer from their enemies, it made them angry. Verse 8 says that they plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we'll be right there among them and we will kill them and put an end to the work. That's how much they hated this. They wanted to kill the people that were trying to rebuild the wall, trying to restore Jerusalem, trying to make it safe again. When the Jews, then the Jews who lived near them came and told us 10 times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall and at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. And from that day on, half of my men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried material did their work with one hand, and one hand held a weapon. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. This is so fascinating to me as I consider what's happening in our country right now and what's happening to our nation. And the Bible is telling us exactly what to do when you're attacked. You work with one hand and you keep a weapon in the other and you be, and you keep your eyes out and you work as families. I love that Nehemiah said, we're going to station families together. God has a heart for the family. Is it any wonder that the family's under attack right now? So the next time you guys think, oh, this is a political battle or this is, um, this is nothing but politics or this is just how it always is. No, you know what this is? It is, it is an attack against the living God. And that is what it always is. 
This is attack against, this is good versus evil. It is right versus wrong. It is darkness versus the light. And the same thing was happening in Nehemiah's day. Verse 19, then I said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. I'm going to end with this uh, section of Nehemiah chapter 4 today. We're stopping in verse 20 because I want you to notice something important. In verse 18, Nehemiah said that each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked, but the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with Nehemiah. And then he went on to give them instruction and said, you guys, whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. The job of a good leader is to keep his eye out for wherever the trouble is and to sound the alarm. This is the opposite of what you see Trudeau doing in Canada right now. It's the opposite of what Joe Biden is doing, sending troops over to Ukraine while our southern border is literally hemorrhaging in uh, in illegal uh, in illegal immigration. Right? We are having so many issues in our country, and the job of the president is to protect the citizens of the country he was elected to represent. And he has been an abject failure. And in fact, I would say derelict in his duty. Someone said to me the other day, why are you advocating for him to be impeached? Well, that's the reason. He's not doing what we sent him there to do, which is protect the citizens of the United States. And this has happened from the moment he got in there talking about... um, his, the COVID restrictions, he came into office saying he was going to be the great unifier. He's been absolutely the opposite, probably the most divisive, right up there with Barack Obama, uh, the most divisive president, I think, in the history of our country. So I'm going to read you guys a couple of headlines today as we head in toward uh, toward the COVID chronicles. You guys know that I love to talk to you about what's going on. I read an article, most of these things, and I'll link back to them today, were from PJ Media. If you guys don't subscribe to PJ Media, I would just encourage you to do it. Probably one of the most fair news sources that I have found out there. Very interesting. A lot of colorful Um, commentary, if you will, a lot of great editorials, but I think you guys would really enjoy it. This one is called The Real Pandemic by a guy named David Solway. I thought this was fascinating. Uh, He said, in a November 19, 2021 address to Hillsdale College, its president, Larry Arndt, identified the three factors recognized by the Constitution as the natural rights of human beings, the right to earn a living, the right to raise our children, and the right to participate in government. Let's just stop right there, shall we? Let's have a moment of silence for everything that we're doing backwards and wrong. The right to earn a living. I don't know about you, but I had an entire year's worth of living stripped away from me when I was not able to travel and go to events because the events were canceled because they were told, oh, uh, we can't, we, we've got a social distance. We can't have people around. I heard the edicts coming from our government saying who was essential and who wasn't. And so these young, uh, these young businesses who weren't uh, steady on their feet yet, many of them closed, went bankrupt, will never open again. Some of the smaller restaurants, but the box stores did just fine. If you had a drive-through, you did just fine. These arbitrary rules keeping us from providing for our families is absolutely the antithesis of what the founding fathers meant when they said we uh, we had the right to earn a living, to protect ourselves, to take care of our own families, the right to raise our children, the Department of Justice calling parents who go to school board meetings domestic terrorists. Do you want to start supporting companies whose products are made right here in the United States? Me too. And at the top of my list is MyPillow. 
I recently learned that MyPillow is so much more than pillows. And in fact, Jay and I decided to try out the MyPillow mattress and we love it. You guys, check it out because with my special promo code, you can get up to 66% off all MyPillow products. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-447-0541 and use promo code Heidi to take advantage of Mike Lindell's special offer for the Heidi St. John podcast listeners. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Heidi, or call 1-800-447-0541. The government wants to have its hand in everything. It's one of the reasons why I'm running for Congress right now. It's ridiculous. The role of government is outside of the intended jurisdiction that the founding fathers set up for it in the framing of our Constitution in the first place. And finally, of course, the right to participate in government. You guys have seen Nancy Pelosi, you know, putting up her big chain chain link fences around uh, around the Capitol. This is the people's house, by the way. This is where our tax dollars are going. You elect representatives in Olympia. I watched them uh, lock out Representative Jim Walsh from his office on the Capitol, on the grounds of the Capitol Olympia. This is absolutely wrong. Uh, The president of Hillsdale College went on to say these facts about nature, he pointed out, were well known during the American Revolution. It was interference with the colonists' natural rights by the former ruling class that led to the American Revolution. Such interference, he argues, is is occurring today in both a national and a global scale. Nationally, a bureaucratic colossus has taken control of a regulated governance as evidenced by the collective response to the COVID-19 virus. The isolation of the nation's citizenry versus via lockdowns, a form of house arrest, the virtual destruction of the economy and the collusion between big pharma, major corporations, government, medical agencies, the mainstream media and the education establishment. The vast and nefarious consortium has nullified what Arne enumerated as the basis of life in a democratic society. The three fundamental rights with the, with the COVID Mandarin class has stripped away from its citizenry. The right to make a living has been ruthlessly and severely compromised. And I just talked about this a moment ago. He basically says what I just said. Uh, the right to raise our children has been overridden by government edicts and, and uh, agency control. The right to participate in government has been stifled by oppressive and unviable bureaucracies whose regulative incontinence has closed almost every avenue of individual involvement in the apparatus of governance. This is absolutely what has happened. We can never let it happen again. And he basically goes on to make the case, and I'll link back to it in the show notes today, that this is the real pandemic. The real pandemic, and you guys have heard me say this now for two years, not a virus at the 99.9% survival rate. It is the unveiling and the uncovering of the hearts of men, particularly of those who are in our government right now. And we can never let this happen again. I don't know if you saw this, but there was a leaked CDC uh, audio uh, just from a couple of days ago, in which the director, Walensky, privately confirmed that she will not relax, relax school mask guidance. I don't know if you heard this or not, but here was the exchange that she had between Representative Kathy McMorris, who happens to be a, a Republican from Washington State. What we see in the United States is an outlier as it relates to the mask mandate for our children to go to school, McMorris Rogers said. The World Health Organization and UNICEF have both recommended against masking for kids under the age of five because it's going to do more harm than good. For children ages 6 to 11, they think that we should be considering other factors like learning and social development. 
My question today, my one question is, Dr. Walensky, will you commit to update your guidance by Friday to allow children in person without the burden of masks? Walensky made no such commitment to a timetable for abolishing school mask mandates. She acknowledged the, quote, limitations of the Arizona study, as well as the other studies that that the CDC has relied upon to inform their guidance, but rejected any near-term changes on masking in schools. There's a very good reason why the CDC is treading so lightly when it comes to masks in schools. The agency does not want to cross, guess who? The teachers' unions. This is called corruption, ladies and gentlemen. That's exactly what we're seeing. Father Fauci, the high priest of the Branch Covidians, came out the other day and refused to define a threshold for when the pandemic might be over, even though most scientists are saying that the The pandemic is now in what we call an endemic phase, meaning it's always going to be there. We're going to have to learn to live with it. uh, And that's just the way it is. But the White House chief medical advisor, who is, by the way, Father Fauci, the high priest of the Branch Covidians and the highest paid bureaucrat in Washington, D.C., was interviewed last Wednesday. And they said to him, when will we know, oh, Father Fauci, when the pandemic will be over? And he refused to say when. Uh, In the months ahead of our country right now, at least, we are still seeing 147,000 new cases of COVID per day. So what will the threshold be for you to say the pandemic is passed? Well, you know, there's no magic number, said Father Fauci. But you want to make sure that the trajectory keeps going down and down and down. What I have a better question for Father Fauci, I would really like to know at what point does a virus with a 99.9% survival rate no longer pose a threat? to 99.9% of the people who will get it. That's almost everybody. And in fact, I really don't know anyone who hasn't had COVID right now. They've all had it. It's like trying to find someone who's never had the flu or trying to find someone who's never had a headache. So the way that we're handling this is completely insane. It's maddening on a hundred different levels. And uh, this is why I keep bringing you the COVID chronicles. This is another uh, point of it. You guys know that I love to go on cruises. My husband and I have done several of them, uh, mostly as a speaker, Um, particularly with the Florida Parent Educators Association. I love to go on cruises. They canceled, of course, our cruise that was supposed to happen in 2020 because of the Rona. But, you know, cruising, and this may bankrupt it. I don't even know. But there's an awesome article. Again, I will link back to all of these called Fear and Loathing on the Oasis of the Seas, Cruising in the Era of COVID. Listen, Linda, you couldn't pay me to get on a cruise ship right now. You could absolutely not pay me uh, because the the um, the the things you have to do just to get on the ship are crazy. And then if you catch COVID while you're on the ship, which you very well could, because guess what? It ain't going to go away. Uh, the stories that I'm hearing from people coming back is that it is absolutely a nightmare what they do when they find out that you have COVID. Like, like, you go to the bottom to the bowels of the ship and they and they keep you down there quarantined away from everybody, you know, because of sciencey things, right? Because that's the that's the thing that we do uh right now. This is amazing. Anyway, I can't read the whole article because I don't have time. But I think it's so fascinating. This guy that talks about how it was when he learned he was going to try to go on uh Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. This is their super mega liner. If you want to do it, it's necessary to have a vaccine passport and to be tested within 48 hours of sailing. So that means that the day before your flight from the Dallas-Fort Worth airport to Miami, you drive 35 miles to be tested at the nearest COVID testing facility, a small hut in the parking lot of the Walgreens in Crowley, Texas, 
population 15,000, preceded by lunch at a funky but tasty Nikki D's family diner nearby. Having learned that we passed our COVID tests a couple hours later, the following day we boarded our flight to Miami, where the obligatory pre-recorded pre-flight briefing had a telling new change. Prior to the big shutdown of the economy, American Airlines employed a brassy-sounding young woman who was going to, quote, get us ready for our flight by explaining such arcane information as how to buckle your seatbelt and please don't smoke in the in-flight lavatories with plenty of corporate irony. So I assume this was to keep us from falling asleep during the announcements. In 2022, the new announcement has been scrubbed of the omnipresent irony from before times, and it includes phrases like, welcome back, it's our honor to serve you. It's in keeping with these unprecedented times TV commercial buffer zone from when the lockdowns first started, but before the summer of 2020, exemptions for pro-BLM riots and statue topplings were carved out by healthcare officials cautiously following the science. Amazing how he goes on to talk about his experience trying to get on uh, Oasis of the Seas. I'm going a little bit over, but I got to read it to you guys. This is so great. You have to download this article. Uh, On board the Oasis of the Seas, there's plenty of hygiene theater. (laughs) I do not ever want to cruise again. The Coca-Cola freestyle machines, which apparently can dispense 146 flavors of Coke-owned brands and their offshoots, are now manned by the Royal Caribbean employees because of fears of germs from any of the vaxxed and tested passengers pressing their touchscreens and ice dispensing buttons. Similarly, there's no computer room on the ship because of the mass use of keyboards and computer mice. And there's no elevator operators despite the entirety of the ship's passengers pressing the elevator controls throughout the week, not to mention all the doors and lounge tables and handrails throughout the ship. So what this guy is saying is it's just completely arbitrary. You know, we're going to let you go ahead and, and punch the buttons on the elevator and go ahead and let you touch the doorknobs and the handrails and the hinges, but we're going to man the ice machines and take away the keyboards. The ship's gym, located on deck six behind the hairstyling salons and Manny Petty rooms, has its multiple water fountains all switched off. Rather than installing a refrigerator in the gym with bottled water, the sweaty, dehydrated exercise enthusiast must walk back to the entryway of the salon and obtain, get this, Royal Caribbean's spring water in 12-ounce cans instead of plastic to placate the anti-plastic eco-mentalists. My goodness, you guys. The canned water is included on a pre-purchased drink package, but it costs extra otherwise. So if you go to the gym and you got a workout, and you're thirsty, that going to cost you, right? You just paid a whole lot to be on there in the first place. So uh, by the way, they said, bring your own aspirin because they're not giving it out anymore. I mean, the whole thing is just bizarre on 100 different levels. And then they took pictures of the dance floor and you got people behind plucks of glass and the whole thing's insane. And uh, this is what it means, a fear and loathing on the oasis of the sea. So amazing, amazing stuff. So many things wrong with the pandemic, so many things wrong with how we dealt with it. But this is another episode of the COVID Chronicles. I hope you guys are having a laugh with me. At least we, we, we're laughing a little bit. I keep telling you guys, help is on the way. We can never let this happen again. And I'm very, very pleased to see so many people starting to write about it, talk about it. They're not, we're not hiding in the shadows anymore. We're starting to say, this is actually, we're done. We're completely done. And so I want to hear your stories. Send me your off the bench stories. Let me know how things are going in your neck of the wood. You can reach out to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. 
For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.